Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles post-game edition. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Barry Trammell. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Barry, it was an interesting day for all sorts of reasons. Uh, Oklahoma State gets the victory, which I guess is the uh, the most important thing at the end of the day, for the Cowboys anyway. 16-7 to over Tulsa. Came in as twenty somewhere between 21 and 23-point favorites, depending on when you check the line. And uh, couldn't even put that many points on the board uh, after Spencer Sanders goes down with an injury suffered on the first series of the day. Ethan Bullock comes in. Can't do a whole lot. Shane Illingworth comes in, finally gets the offense going. Lots, uh, lots to get, lots to get to in the uh, the, the first uh, post game edition of the Cowboy Chronicles, Barry. But uh, what was the big story of the day? Out of out of everything that happened, what stuck out to you the most? Well, I think it'd be the quarterbacks, Illingworth, who really didn't show us a ton. Right. Except unless you compare him to Ethan Bullock, who, mm-hmm. you know, Bullock, it's not that he looked terrible. It's just that he didn't really do anything. Right. He's not very fleet of foot. Couldn't get out of the rush. Tulsa had, what, five sacks or six sacks? Six sacks total, yeah. So uh, one of those was of Sanders. They got after I mean, they that's sort of the hidden story is the offensive line trouble. Right. They didn't open up a bunch of holes. They didn't pass protect all that well. There's really not a whole lot else there is to do if you're an offensive lineman. So no matter who was the quarterback, the old line's a little bit of an issue. But um, but the really ineffective offense. First seven possessions of Ethan Bullock, the Cowboys had 32 total yards. Now his last possession, he hit a couple of passes. They moved down into TU uh, scoring zone, and then he throws what appears to be a bad interception. <laughs> so that's the end of him, and here comes Zillingworth, and he does what anybody with a lick of sense does, which is just throw the ball up to Tylen Wallace. <laughs> two straight jump ball, or not two straight plays, but two jump balls in that possession gets mm-hmm. the Cowboys down near the goal line. Chuba Hubbard scores, and, you know, they win the game. So um, very interesting, this whole quarterback, the backup quarterback situation. We didn't talk a lot about it in the preseason, but Cowboys entered this season with one guy on campus who's taken a major college snap. Right. So that's a little bit dicey, and we saw it in play today. Yeah, we did. And obviously some of the backstory to why Ethan Bullock was the number two guy over Shane Illingworth was uh, was interesting. Apparently Illingworth missed uh, several days, depending on, on who you talk to. Uh, possibly two weeks uh, or close to two weeks of practice uh, because of contract tracing for uh, COVID-19. Um, so that uh, that had him out of uh, out of the mix for a while at a really important time in uh, in terms of putting in the Tulsa game plan and uh, and all of those sorts of things. So that gave Ethan Bullock the edge there on the uh, on the backup quarterback job. And uh, as you said, Bullock just couldn't get the offense going. Couldn't get uh, couldn't get the run game moving. Couldn't get uh, the ball going down the field. So uh, so Illingworth got his shot after the interception. But uh, interesting uh, interesting turn of events, Barry. I, I will say this. 
I liked. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. Ellingworth just looked better than Bullock. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not even talking about the result of plays. I'm talking about just the way through, the way everything. It just right. seemed better. The way, the way he moved in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. He clearly moves better. Um, he's four or five. Three of the completions, two were fade routes. Mm-hmm. Well thrown. Yeah. I mean, they were on target. One was a dump pass, I think, to Chuba. And then he threw a little out pattern to Dylan Stoner, which was a nice play. Uh, set up a field goal. But, um, you know, I, I think he's who you got to go with. If Spencer Sanders isn't ready, it's, you know, when you when you when when Bullock went out there and you saw how ineffective he was, you know, it had a little bit of shades of Texas A&M. Uh, was it Texas A&M? No, no, Colorado. Colorado 09 when Zach Robinson's hurt. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys start Alex Kate, play him a half. And go nowhere, and then all you know they bring in Brandon Whedon at halftime, and Whedon goes up and down the field, and a star is born. But had a little bit of shades of that, just not as dramatic, I'd say. Right, absolutely, because at this point we don't know how long Spencer Sanders will be out. Um, a uh, a high ankle injury is what they were calling it on the radio broadcast. Uh, they wouldn't uh, wouldn't specify whether it was a sprain or not. Uh, but a high ankle injury, um, according to Robert Allen on the radio broadcast. So um, those can be uh, those can be a little a little bit scary. That can be a, a multi-week injury, and Oklahoma State's here with with two games coming up and then an off week before uh, before they go to Baylor. So um, could be uh, could be a couple of weeks without uh, without Sanders if it's uh, if it is something serious like that. I say serious. That's that's not nearly as serious as, as what he had a year ago. But um, with the with the thumb injury that, that took him out for uh, for the rest of the season. But it could be it could be a situation where Oklahoma State needs Shane Ellingworth to be their guy for a week or two weeks or uh, or or more, depending on how significant this injury is. If you're going to have a quarterback injury problem, this is when you wanted to have it. This is the easiest three-game stretch of the season. Tulsa, West Virginia, Kansas. We think. Right. Right. Um, clearly, Kansas is at the bottom of the Big 12. West Virginia, you would think, is in the 7, 8, 9 range. Uh, it's going to get a lot tougher after that. So, if you think you can beat West Virginia without Sanders, you know, then, then you know, that, that would be prime – this would be prime time to, to give Sanders a, a lot of healing time. Right. Because you'd think you'd beat Kansas. I don't know. But it's a case of, you know, you, you need Spencer Sanders, all hands on deck. But if not, if you don't have him, this is when you want to be without him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned beating West Virginia without him. They did it a year ago with Drew Brown in West Virginia. Um, but uh, but that <coughs> excuse me relied on uh, really good defensive performance and let's uh, take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about this defense today coming right back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's.
We're back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Barry, the the Oklahoma State defense, it felt for a while, uh, for, felt for a while like they might throw a shutout um, and felt for a really long while like they were going to have to uh, come up with something really special to win this game. And in the end, they did play pretty special. Uh, it was a pretty impressive performance by them, just the one touchdown allowed. Uh, big goal line stand and uh, then a missed field goal by Tulsa that could have tied the game late but uh, overall defense was uh, as advertised I would say for uh, for this uh, in this particular setting I thought it was fantastic defense now we don't know for sure how good Tulsa is right but they historically have pretty good offensive weapons defense is usually their problem we know they have a veteran quarterback in Zach Smith, who is not an all-star, but he's a pretty good quarterback. And they've moved the ball on a lot of teams. And the Cowboys were just great. Tulsa had the ball 13 times tonight, today. And they score one time. So you do that in 21st century football, and that's just fantastic defense. So I thought the tackling was superb. The yards after the catch were minimal. The yards after contact were minimal. When the Cowboys got their hands on you, you went down. And generally, they got their hands on you because Jim Knowles, defensive coordinator, after the game pointed out, you know, we were in the right spot. We were where we were supposed to be, mm-hmm. particularly that secondary. Uh, Trey Sterling, uh, Jarek Bernard Converse, uh, Kobe Harvell Peel, Rodarius Williams, um, whoever else I'm Tanner leaving McAllister. out. Tanner McAllister had maybe the play of the game with a knockdown in the end zone. So, really good, really good defense. And the, not just the tackling, but the pass coverage. There wasn't a bunch of Tulsa receivers running free. Zach Smith was 18 of 28, but only 465 yards. A lot of short dump passes. Not much downfield was open. He got he got the Cowboys late in the first half for a 41-yard deep ball set up a 16-yard touchdown pass. Outside of that, there wasn't much going on with that Tulsa offense. And that touchdown throw and catch both were uh, were big league level. Those were impressive impressive plays to put the uh, put the ball in the end zone on that play. Um, but yeah, the tackling was the thing that really stood out to me. And like you said, guys being in the right place to make those tackles. So um, I thought that was uh, that was the thing that stood out above everything else from the defense being in the right positions, making tackles when they had opportunities, and not letting uh, small gains turn into big plays by missing tackles. I thought, the, uh, I thought their uh, strategy overall was, was solid. Uh, they didn't get the quarterback pressure that I maybe expected them to get. Um, I thought they might be a little bit more, uh, more dangerous in what they did to uh, keep Zach Smith off balance. But, uh, but when you look at their performance overall, you can understand they, uh, you know, had resources dedicated elsewhere. And it's pretty clear that Jim Knowles has a lot of confidence in this defense. He's willing to let them do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Last play of the well, and when it's thirteen to seven with two minutes left, Tulsa's backed up on its own thirteen, fourth and twenty-four. Got to go for it. They only have one timeout left. Tulsa comes out in five wide. Mm-hmm. So nobody in the backfield. And Jim Knowles has four defensive linemen in. And he moves two linebackers up near the line of scrimmage 
to make Tulsa think maybe blitz. And then he did blitz. Yeah. Six six Cowboys came with five to block. Malcolm Rodriguez whacks Zach Smith uh, two-yard line. Big-time sack. Turns the ball over. Ball game. So, you know, you think, hey, you want to leave everybody one-on-one. Uh, but he had enough He had enough confidence to, in his tackling ability in the secondary and the idea that these guys will be where they're supposed to be. <laughs> and those six guys rushing, somebody's free, somebody will get to Zach Smith. Yeah, and that they can cover long enough for, for whoever that is that's coming free to uh, to get to the quarterback and put him on his back. So, um, it, it, sort of uh, sort of felt a little bit like last year up in Tulsa when they uh, they ran a, a blitz play on a on a fourth or a, yeah a fourth down play uh, when Tulsa was going in trying to make that a little bit closer game than it ended up being um, and uh, and came away with the same results so uh, really uh, really standout performance from from the defense and uh, and what you're uh, you're kind of uh, kind of expecting from this unit with so many so many veteran guys and I wrote about this for Saturday's paper but this isn't a team that's that that needs one guy to uh, to play really well for them to have a good a good performance on on Saturdays uh, this is a team with a lot of veterans a lot of really solid players and a lot of a lot of experience and uh, I think that's really what uh, what showed through you know, the, the linebackers didn't make a ton of plays outside of maybe Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was because I think they set up that secondary to, to do most of the work, and yeah. and they did. You know, I, I, at one point I mentioned Calvin Bundage. Hadn't been hadn't seen much of him or hadn't done much. And the next play, he makes a nice, you know, nice open field tackle. So right. I think th- there's very few – you know, you might go one or two plays where you say, "Ah, the defense really didn't do its job there." One of what would we say? One of fifteen or one of fourteen on third downs was Tulsa. Uh, or third, over fourteen. Yeah, o of over eleven. Over eleven. On one down. of four on right. fourth downs. Yes. So third and fourth down, they're one of fifteen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I went back and looked at it in short yardage. They were fantastic. Um, they really stopped Tulsa. So. Just a pristine offensive perform or defensive performance by this uh, this Cowboy defense, and this is probably the best offense they'll face uh, until until after the bye week on October seventeenth. So, you know, I, I think we we've heard a lot about this defense. We've been talking a lot about it, mm-hmm. and it's possible that it's going to be really good. Yep. Certainly has the makings of uh, of that type of a uh, of a group. So, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and we'll wrap everything up and look ahead to West Virginia here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. All right, Barry, now things uh, things move ahead to West Virginia, a 2.30 game next Saturday. You brought up the offensive line. I think that's got to be the uh, the, the biggest focus for Oklahoma State this week. Um, obviously, you're concerned about Spencer Sanders at quarterback and, and keeping up with the, the health situation there. 
but the offensive line is the area that uh, that looks to be in the most need of assistance and uh, and quickly. Yeah, I was. You know, the the truth is, the first drive of the game with Spencer Sanders end up going for a field goal. He had a big scramble, 16-yard scramble, mm-hmm. sort of the big play of the drive. But, you know, things weren't coming easy then. Right. And that was the first sign that, uh, you know, not going to be able to just line up and run the ball at Tulsa. So I, I do think that's a concern. Um, this was an offensive line that had some veterans returning, but had a couple of uh, defections from mm-hmm. last season with uh, um, Galloway. Right, um, opting retire. retiring, and then and then you got Bray transferring. Now they got the West Virginia kid Sills right comes in, so that's you know that helps. But this was going to be sort of the question mark, maybe of the entire team. Right, and I don't know that anything changed on that regard. You don't want to go into a Big Twelve conference game with a backup quarterback and the offensive line that we saw today. Right, absolutely, and uh, Mike Gunny referenced it that they were they were playing musical chairs a little bit. Um, Cole Birmingham, the the freshman starter at right guard, uh, got injured, did not return, so that let uh, they brought Hunter Woodard in for him, and then uh, still having trouble on the right side of the line. Hunter Anthony goes to the bench, and they bring in Jake Springfield, but they move Springfield to left tackle. Take uh, take Tevin Jenkins from left tackle, move him to right tackle, and Anthony's former spot. So uh, kind of balance out the experience and inexperience a little bit there. And uh, they were finally able to kind of, kind of get a little bit more comfortable at that point uh, from there forward. And you saw them, of course, get some yardage on the ground at that point and, uh, and, and get the offense moving enough. Of course, that coincided with with Shane Ellingworth coming into the game as well so um, a lot to uh, lot to work on there you know you know what I thought about Scotty is I was thinking about last year's season opener we were in Corvallis together mm-hmm. Cowboys beat Oregon State 52 to 36 now Cowboys were in total control of that game and I think right. Oregon State sort of scored late when it was 52 28 I think right but still 52 36. You come away from that game thinking, hey, the offense is going to be great. But this defense, I just don't know. Fast forward a year, and it's sort of the opposite. I mean, right now, you think, hey, this defense is what you want. But you're not sure about the offense, not just because of Spencer Sanders' ankle injury, but because of that offensive line. Yeah, exactly. That leaves a lot up in the air. Um, You know, Chuba Hubbard was having trouble getting going early. A lot of his yards came late. Um, and on 27 carries to get his uh, his 93 yards, so uh, definitely a lot of a uh, lot of question marks. The uh, special teams play I thought was solid, reliable, nothing uh, nothing flashy, but uh, everybody got the jobs done. All the Aussies kicked well, uh, including Tom Hutton. He was solid, did uh, did his job well. But uh, yeah, got the, got a 34-yard punt return from Dylan Stoner. Yeah, which was excellent, and no long kicks. I think they returned two punts. Tulsa returned two punts for five yards. Didn't have a kickoff return be longer than 20 yards. Um, Alex Hale did nail the three kicks, including a 40-yarder when it was 10 to seven. So that's a big kick. Yeah, 40 yards. You know, when you get into the fours, 
Mm-hmm. That's when you start thinking, oh, we'll find out. And, well, we found out he's got a little something. So I thought that was very pleasing. And your man Hutton did punt better than last year when he went from, you know, folk hero before he'd ever <laughs> kicked to wondering, why this give this guy a scholarship. Right, yes. He was uh, he was above his average from uh, from a year ago, so off to a good start. Uh, all right, Barry, uh, I think that uh, that wraps it up. Uh, as I said, a 2:30 p.m. kickoff next Saturday against West Virginia, then a trip to Kansas after that, and then the open week uh, before Baylor. So, really, um, like you said, the soft part of the schedule, but uh, but a pretty important part of the schedule based on the way things went today. So, uh, we'll see uh, we'll see how things go, and uh, we'll talk to you again on the Cowboy Chronicles podcast presented by Zaxby's. 